Peace, family. Welcome to the Digital Loctician Podcast. This audio experience is a holistic approach to hair care and wellness along the lock journey. And I am your host, Jocelyn Renee. So grateful for your presence here tonight. I have an amazing guest that is here sharing her lock journey over two decades, more than two decades, actually. If you're a part of the digital lactation community, you've already got a sneak peek into how she has been able to cultivate her locks over 28 years and keep her locks healthy and long. But we're going to hear all of the tips, all of the tricks, and all the ups and downs that has been happening over this live journey tonight. I do want to let you all know that, of course, the podcast is sponsored by Crown Elements, which is a hair care line specifically formulated for locks. So if you're looking for hair care, make sure you head over to crownelements.com. All right. And without further ado, I would like to bring our guest on with us tonight. Sheree, welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Hello, family. So grateful for you being here. You may have seen Sheree in the chat in the comments with you all. She's been <laughs> part of the community for a while. And she always holds us down. So Sheree, if you could share where you're located and what's been your favorite part of the live journey so far? I am currently in Chicago, Illinois, and my favorite part of the journey has been, I guess I would say, educating people about the truth about locks. Because when I got my locks, it was still, I'm originally from New York City, and that's where I first locked my hair. And it was still kind of a new thing. You didn't see it as much as you see it now. I mean, some people still say, you know, you don't see it a lot, but you compared to what I saw back then, I see a lot more. And so some questions that people ask or comments people make over the years, and this is mostly black people. Right. <laughs> um, stuff right. like, oh, well, if you want to do something different, don't you have to cut your hair? And, oh, you can't really do anything else with your hair. So I guess my favorite part has just been educating people and say, yes, I can do all kinds of things with my hair. And I let them know. And, and every time I say this to somebody, they're like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. I say to them, you know, kind of explain what locks are. It's, you know, intertwined shed hair that has just kind of reworked itself over the time. Right, and right. Just think of it as thicker strands of hair. So whatever style you can do, I can do. It'll just look different. That That's fair enough. I mean, informing people about the misinformation or the myths, dispelling the myths that come along the journey is, it can be, it can be a fun part and it can also be, in my experience, a little bit annoying because I've had people kind of touch my hair and also just get, um, really dig their heels in with their beliefs about locks. Um, I want to know first, though, what was the year that you started your lock journey? Let's give some context to this. In <laughs> New York, in what year? 1995, in the, around the summertime. And I'm going to tell you the story of how I finally decided because I had been thinking about it for a little while. And actually in 93, I started them, 
but I was a professional dancer and I was still in college at the time. And I was a dance major. And one of my girlfriends who was a fellow dancer. She was also in the dance program with me at city college. She wanted to choreograph this piece to earth, wind and fires. Let's groove. <laughs> and it was the idea was that we were going to be in all black unitards with this seventies bell bottom look on the sleeves and the legs. And she wanted us to wear these fake ponytails. And that was part of the choreography, you know, flipping our hair back and forth. And back and forth. <laughs> so I had been natural at that time for about three years. So, and I had started growing my hair out. So it was probably about natural, about this long when I would like re when I would um, do my two strand twist. And so I had locked, I started locking it and she was like, Oh, Sheree, I want you to be in my dance. And I was like, fine, I'll take them out. <laughs> because the true love is dance. Okay. Yes. So yeah, and, I had to take and it out. So yeah. I didn't put them in right away because I actually started thinking, well, will that limit the work that I can get? Mm. How is that going to affect my career? So I went back and forth debating over for the next two years. And then I was part of this amazing, a wonderful experience called Dance Africa. It originally started in Brooklyn, New York, and then as it grew, the director and creator of it, Chuck Davis, started taking it around the country. And what he would do is he would take it to different cities. He would usually bring two or three companies from New York, but then whatever city he was in, he would find companies in that city and have them be part of the show as well. And it was all about the African-American um the African-American experience through dance mm -hmm. and anything mm -hmm. that came from the motherland. So any, which is basically everything. Truly so that part. <laughs> this was the wonderful celebration. It's usually like a weekend is, you know, all kinds of dance, jazz, ballet, modern, African, Brazilian, Cuban. There was stepping in one show that I was in when I came to, when we came to Chicago. So it incorporated all kinds of dance. And the very first one I was in, in 95, I was in Brooklyn at BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music. And part of the celebration during the weekend is they have this like African marketplace. So people okay. are selling, selling all kinds of wonderful things, art, food, hair care items, perfumes, I mean, jewelry, everything. And when I went to walk through the marketplace, Jocelyn, Family, let me tell you, I saw locks galore. And oh. I was like, I mean, older people, young people, yes. different colors, yes. different lengths. I was like, that's it. The I'm beauty. Doing yes. It. You're like, I need to be a part of this. I, yes. don't, I don't care, dance or not, I am here. That's so it. So you started your locks. Did did you fight did you feel like starting your lock journey, or did you experience rather starting your locks, having your locks, being a professional dancer? hindered the, your opportunities? No, it didn't actually. And I believe that's because I think for me, I took a different mindset approach to it because- The, the next time you started. Yes, the next time okay. I started. Yeah. And because, you know, being at Dance Africa, being in that environment where all of the focus for the most part was dance. And although yeah. I saw, you know, vendors and audience members participating with locks, there, there, there were a few people in different companies that had locks as well. And 
I also, as my career evolved, I got more and more interested in, you know, real substance and especially dance that celebrated our heritage, mm-hmm. celebrated, you know, um, I would say more culture. So I was in a dance company called Roots of Brazil. And then I joined up with Forces of Nature. And in those spaces, you definitely had more acceptance of natural looks. And even still, and this was another thing that actually, it was an early seed that I didn't really catch on to until later. But there was a video that I was part of, which was so much fun. It was a how-to video for Lombada. This was when Lombada was all the craze. And I auditioned, got the part, and I had a flat top at the time. And I actually found out later on that my natural look was one of the things that pushed over Mm. for me getting the job. So again, like I said, that was an early seed. And then I realized that there's room for all of us. And so I just enjoyed being able to dance and enjoy my natural self because I was in classes in college I was in a lot of these African-American classes and um, African-American history and world history. Black power, black power. Right. Girl, you so militant. <laughs> but you know what's, 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 what's amazing about that? I remember hearing when I first started my life journey, I was at a uh, Black women's empowerment event. And they, uh, one of the most profound quotes, like I, I carry this with me throughout my life journey. She said, your hair protects you from places you're not meant to be. And so what it sounds like is you started your locks with this new mindset. And instead of feeling like boxed in or limited within the dance world, because we know that it has a very strong influence on in other areas of the uh, demographic, shall we say? Yes. You were able to find your people or find the communities within the dance world to support you embracing your natural self. Yes. And I feel like that's so important just within dance or with if, with any part of the journey, like allowing your decision to carry you through where you are accepted and where you are um, celebrated. Yes. So I, I have to ask you, Cherie, um, having your life since 95, mm-hmm. right? You've seen the ups and downs. You've seen the natural hair movement go to straight hair, relaxed mm-hmm. hair, probably some jerry curls in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting natural to now the full locks and now instant locks, like <laughs> y'all can see her face. Um, what, what, what makes you want to continue cultivating your locks? Like what keeps you in the journey? I honestly love my hair. I mean, I really can do so much with it. You know, I got it curled right now. I'm <laughs> a water word tonight. I just realized. Oh, Cherie, Cherie don't play about her water word, okay? <laughs> Cherie does not play about the water word. All right, so real quick, pause for the cause. Listen, got the water, okay? Yes. I'm almost done my gallon. <laughs> the water word for tonight, it sounds like it's about to be dance, but what's the water <laughs> word? Cherie, you picked the water word for tonight. Curls. Curls, okay. <laughs> so whenever you hear the word curls or somebody posts it in the chat, make sure you take a sip of water, all right? Deal? Deal. All right. So you're loving your hair throughout this 28 years. Was there was there a point at any point throughout your journey that you did consider cutting it like completely off, starting over? I did. It happened once, 
when I would say when the natural hair community sort of grew and started posting videos on YouTube showing all of these really cool hairstyles. That was probably the only time I considered cutting it so I could be a loose natural and do those styles. And then I had to remind myself, wait a minute, you can do those too. Again, it may look different, but you can do that with your hair. So, and that was the only time. And, you know, staying in the community, even though like I just, I have my opinions about these faux locks. I don't like them. I don't think, and the Insta locks, because to me, it's like one of the things about the community that I have experienced and I encourage people to embrace is what it does for you emotionally when you're going through all of the stages of locking your hair. Because one of the things I tell people all the time is African-Americans for centuries, generations here in this country have not had to take care of our natural hair. So we're just learning how. That's why everything doesn't work for everybody. You got to do trial and ever practice. You know, we know sometimes you have one, one, one here, yeah. over here, another one, one curl here. pattern over here. Exactly. Yeah. And so you, we, so we're just learning because every time I run into people and this is usually older people, yes. oh, well, I yeah. can't, I can't go natural because, and then they come up with all of these different reasons. And I'm like, no, you can't go natural or return to natural, as I heard one sister say, yeah. because your mind is convinced that you can and you don't want to learn because anything, even if your hair is relaxed, anything worth doing and doing well is going to take time. You have to invest yeah. in the products, the right products. You have to use trial and error. You have to, as you always say, cultivate it. So natural hair is no different. So for me, when I see all of these, like right now, you know, we see this trend. I remember you even had a video on about how it's showing up in beauty shows now. And on one hand, it's, it's kind of, kind of nice that we're seeing it in the mainstream of, or people embracing it as a style. But to me, it's more than just a style. And that's yeah. why I've got a problem with some of that, because I feel like, Having locks is not just about having a style. It's about expressing who you are, celebrating who God made you to be. And that is what I have always felt about locks. And I just, that's why I stay in it. So that as many people who want to know more about it, what I can teach them and share from my experience and then learn from them. Because as most people in the community know, I've been doing this for 28 years. And when I found Jocelyn, I was smoking it up like there was no tomorrow. I was like, oh, oh, and I, real quick, I got to tell this quick story. I want to tell everybody how I found Jocelyn. I wanted to color my hair. I was thinking about getting this uh, colored wax. So I was looking at all these different videos saying how wonderful it was. Oh, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Then I saw Jocelyn's video, okay, where she does a microscopic examination what happens to your hair when you put that color wax in there? And I was like, okay, sister girl. No, no, no for me. And after that, I was binging. That day, I probably watched like 10 of her videos. 
<laughs> that see that I appreciate I appreciate stories like that because it reminds me that it's okay to show up as my authentic self because I'm super nerdy and technical and I I had to I had to make that video because nobody was listening to me when I was just saying don't put the wax in the hair and they're just like why it's so beautiful it shows I'm just like but it's inside of yes. your lock you're not you it's for me I agree with you locks are more than just hair. I really and truly believe the journey is a reflection and it's an inward reflection expressed outwardly. So if you're thinking about the color of wax, you are suffocating your hair in the name of what, you know? So, mm -hmm. that, so thank you, Cherie. I wanted to get back to your, to your story though, because <laughs> you're talking about not, not, um, not really desiring people to enter the journey from like a, uh, faux lock or instant lock standpoint because of the beauty of locks. I wanted to ask you, what is your thoughts of, or what was your experience growing up? You know, before you had locks, were you taught how to care for your hair? Were, were locks positioned in your life as something that is beautiful and something that you can wear? Like, what was your experience with locks before you locked your hair? Nope, not at all. We definitely were well, your typical African-American family, you know, Saturday afternoons, got that comb on the, on the stove, Hot you know, yeah. frying that hair back with all that grease. <laughs> and, Holding your ear and stuff. You know, so don't burst, so you don't get burnt and flinching. And then, I, and I, and then we relaxed our hair and I stayed relaxed for a long time. My sister, my younger sister, she did everything under the sun to her hair. Every time something came out, I was like, girl, your hair going to fall out. You keep, cause she wasn't letting it rest or anything. And sure enough, it did all up in here. All of this fell out. Anyway, it, she, she's grown it back now, but she's, she's my sister straight up. I love her to death, but she's straight up ghetto fabulous. So she just <laughs> does all the things, all the co commercial things. And so locks weren't something that was a part of any part of my journey. And I remember when I first started talking about it, my mother was was you know like oh that's what the rastafarians wear right yeah. oh and then Especially course, back in 95 yeah and and of course all the myths of they don't wash their hair um you know this only reefer heads have locks and all this other stuff so my whole journey was all about what i started researching and looking up myself mm. And I'm sure it wasn't much at that time. Like how, how did you go about hair care initially? Like how does hair care look different then versus now? I would say back then it was unfortunately a lot of misinformation. It was some good stuff because I had started using a lot of holistic and natural products. I had first discovered shea butter and I started using that and as I was told back then, you can use it everywhere, all over. Now, this was when I was a loose natural. So, of course, it was okay for that. But I kept using it, not knowing, because I learned from you, not <laughs> knowing that it's too heavy for the hair. And so I was using shea butter. I had stopped using lotion. I would use I was using essential oils instead of perfume. And in some of the shops that I found in Manhattan, it was a, you know, incense, natural oils yeah. and black soap you know so i was learning about all of this stuff from nature from the motherland that we could use um holistically and like apothecary type products and things like that so 
my, but I didn't really, I think the only thing that I remember back from back then, as far as like washing my hair, there was no talk of like deep cleanses or detoxing or, you know, what types of shampoo to use and things like that. So I really kind of just ran the gamut and used some of everything. I used black soap at one point. I was using uh, Dr. Barnes Castle. Say that Castle soup. I know that was in there. Yep, that was in there, and I used that for years. And then I'm I'm, I'm a mute. <laughs> I was using my own body wash, Jocelyn. What? Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Oh my goodness. Uh, but I, I could I could believe that. You know, I was just in Target the other day. And I remember when Target had, it was literally called the ethnic hair aisle. Mm. Ethnic hair care. Yeah. I just went in the other day and I was looking like, where is the signage? This is ethnic hair care. Like now it's just a part of the store. Like mm -hmm. it's it's like it's always been there. There's no delineation between yes. this hair stuff versus that hair stuff. And it's like, wow, I feel like I've grown through a transition mm -hmm. of the integration of um, hair care for black hair specifically now being mainstream. Because right. once upon a time, it was just a little teeny section yes. in a store. Um, so that's amazing. And you you still have your locks to this day, 28 years. Like, What is the length look like for it you It is down to my tailbone. Right now it's curly. So it's, you know, like right about here. But yeah. it goes all the way down here. When so how, how many bottles of shampoo are you using per oh wash day? Oh, gosh. I probably, <laughs> let's see. When I bought, when I was using the, um, what's the other one you had before Just Clean? L, L, oh, I forgot. The L Influence? Yes, yeah, Influence. It's I would probably go through a bottle, maybe two, two washes, wow. maybe three. Wow. Maybe I can stretch it to three because I definitely dilute it, you know, because that definitely helps with all of this length. But, you know, I want to make sure it's clean. So, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of product. Yes. What is, what is drying look like for you drying your hair? Is it air drying mostly? Oh, or no, dry no, no. Nope, nope, nope. I found Jocelyn in the fall. <laughs> of 2021 no more air drying for me <laughs> no i got me a bonnet dryer that attaches to uh, a handheld dryer and i sit under there for at least an hour and that's how i got these beautiful curls so drink, nice. drink, drink. that one took an hour oh yeah curls is the word um i actually no you know what last night i sat for an hour and a half i did Mm. I did. I sat for an hour and a half because I wanted them. And they're really nice and tight at the bottom. What did you use to curl your hair? I used the flexi rods. So okay. I want to try, I believe they are called pin curl, pin curl rods. Pin curls, those? yeah. Pin curls. I want to use curl. those I want the I want the fluffy the bouncy, bouncy ones. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I said curls again. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna be running off the show in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> So you, it takes you a, a lot of product to maintain them. You keep them trimmed around your tailbone length. Yes. What are some of your go-to styles? Oh, one of my absolute, one of my absolute favorites is three large braids. I have one in the front and two in the back, and it's so simple. And it keeps because a lot of the times when I'm moving and grooving, and if my hair is out, which honestly I hardly ever wear my hair out now. 
because it just gets in the way, kind of sort of. Yeah, it does. You know, gets caught behind your backpack, caught in your jacket, caught in your armpits. And exactly. You, have you heard your hair caught in, your, in the door? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 You sit and on so, it. Mm -hmm, exactly. You, know, you, lay, you lay down. Like, you lay down, and then you got to adjust the pillow. Oh wait, rolling over it. Move this over. Throw it over there. You know. And so three large braids. That's my favorite. And then one of the other ones I um one another go to is uh the Nubian twist knot bob, which is where mm -hmm. you know you do the two strand twist and knot it at the bottom. So then it's you know about this length. And it's so funny. A lot of times when I wear my hair like that. If somebody is kind of new in my world, they're like, oh, sure, you cut your hair. I'm like, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> no. It's the versatility, the switch exactly. up for me. Yep. So those are my two favorite. And then I'll do um, smaller braids sometimes, two, two strand twists. But those are my favorites because I try my best. And I believe I learned this from you too, to not put too much tension on it. So yeah. when I do my braids, that's like the perfect, the three braids because I, I braid it very loosely. So, but what it does for me is it keeps the roots from marrying too much yeah. so that when I'm, it's time to retwist, I'm not back there like, oh, okay, be careful, careful. Okay. Mm -mm. Splitting them all to split them all up. Yeah. Would you say that your, um, the hair that you have at the roots, would you say that it grows with your lock or like away from your lock? Away. Yeah. Away, away. from your lock. Yeah. So you, you, you find that you, you still 28 years in. Yes. What is, what is frizz? look like for you frizz is well for me one i embrace it i yeah. don't have no problem with the frizz and i would say like once i when i retwist my hair i typically will use uh the locking gel um divine hold and i would say probably by a week later it's fit it's frizzy at the roots but what's nice is the lock itself is still pretty tight yeah and, and close together and i remember this one experience i was in a wedding i was a bridesmaid and there was another bridesmaid she had locks as well my locks at that time were probably a little below my shoulder and hers were a bit shorter and i remember the seamstress that was working on our dresses said made this comment about oh would you girls have you know why don't you guys like you know trim that fuzziness and we both looked at each other and looked at her and was like i like the frizz and my right. friend said yeah me too and that shut that shut her up real quick <laughs> so i think it's, it's it's interesting um that the there's a lot of discussion and complaints about frizz and like when it when when will the frizz go away mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i feel like it is really important to acknowledge like you're 28 years into having locks and the frizz is still there yep yep and still, still part of the, it's still part of the journey because you, you it's still cultivating like yeah. the hair that's at the root are their starter locks they are brand new right the hair that's at the ends is the older hair so you're mm -hmm. always going to have that frizz exactly it's always were you yeah were you afraid though when you first cut your hair when you first got your first trim like what, no. what, what was that what was that what year could you think oh of you were? let me tell you I, <laughs> I know the exact date january oh. 13th 1990 what I, I was in college and 1990 1990 
You had you started in '95. No, you I started first... my locks in '95. I thought you meant yeah. when I first trimmed my hair from the relaxer. Oh no! Oh well, yeah, the relaxer that was 1990. That's when you went natural. Yes. Oh wow. Yes. I went to the salon. My mother didn't believe I was going to do it. I came back and she was like, "Oh my gosh, you cut all hair off!" I was like, "Yep, <laughs> I told you." And I was like, "I'm tired of the creamy crack." Who, what made you get tired of that creamy crack? Like, oh, what, what pushed you it, over that edge? It was, it was, I was in this amazing African-American studies class. And then mm. I took the next semester, I took this African studies class. And I, I was always someone who was interested in our culture and other cultures. And that was yeah. mainly because of dance. Because yeah. when you're dancing, you're dancing to all of these different types of music. And I was always an inquisitive child. Like I remember the Encyclopedia Britannica people came around. Remember they used to come around. I don't know how many of y'all remember this, but they used to come around to the house and try and sell it. And I begged my mother to get it. And she was like, that's expensive. I was like, mommy, I promise I will read it every day. And I really was. I was in those books all the time. And so in these classes, I was just learning more and more about our African-American history and our African history. And I just really really wanted to show that the way God made mm. me, I was proud of, you know, and I'm black is beautiful and, you know, black power. And I was, that's how the professors were. I tell you. Yes. You know? And so that's what made me want to get away from that so-called Eurocentric aesthetic of beauty. It's like this right here, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Okay. 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 Truly. See that? Look, Truly. At, look at that melanin. Look at that. <laughs> and that's what it was. It was about, you know, celebrating who I was naturally. So in 90, I cut it. It was in, uh, I don't know if you guys remember when Judy Hoffs, Holly Robinson Pete was Judy Hoffs on 21 Jump Street. And I think it was either season two or three. She came back, got rid of the weave, and had this really cute short haircut where it was kind of like up in the front. It wasn't a flat top. It was sloped. So it went up like this, and then it sloped to the back, and it was short on the sides. And I cut my hair like that at first. Okay. Then my son's father started cutting it and became a flat top. But that was very <laughs> flattering on me, too. Everybody said it was. And so that's what started. And then... I, as I started growing it out and I was playing around, I was, you know, doing different styles and learning more and more about my hair and me. And after that journey, like I said, then I started thinking about getting locks. And as I shared with you guys earlier, 93 was the first attempt. And in 95, I finally made that decision. And you've been locking ever since. Ever since. That is so beautiful. Do you have any intentions on cutting it completely off? No intentions. I used to say I'll never cut my locks, but now I say I doubt it very highly because you never know. But I, mm -hmm. I like I said, because of all that I know I can do with it and I'm still learning, still learning. I don't think so. I don't think I'll ever cut my hair. I doubt, mm -hmm. I doubt it very highly. I love that. So you keep it trimmed. What, at what length do you trim it and do you keep the, the locks that you trim? Yes and no. I used to not keep them, but my husband is an artist and he started keeping them and using them in his artwork. So, oh, wow. and then somebody else 
mentioned something about that. Oh, I think about like selling them or donating them and stuff like that. But I think when I first started trimming it, because I typically keep it between like the small of my back and my tailbone, because I find that that length gives me the ability to style it in a variety of styles and still have a length that's desirable. And so I probably do it every three or four years. I think the very first time I trend my hair, I probably cut off about like six inches of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. that, that, did, that, did that scare you? Did it hurt? Did it, no, ooh, it didn't. It didn't. Like, what, was that, what was that first trim like? What did that feel like? It, it, felt, it felt like, ooh, it felt like I lightened it a little bit because I never felt like my hair was heavy. People have made that comment to me a lot of the time. They're like, oh, is it heavy? And I'm like, no, I don't know where they get that from. But my hair's never felt heavy. The only time it feels heavy is when it's wet. But um, I did feel like I could swing it more. <laughs> and so, and then the other thing, it felt really good because I felt like, unfortunately, because of the beeswax, I had a lot of lint in my ends. And so Ooh. that's what I think also made it feel lighter is I got rid of that, that, you know, like, sat I don't know if saturated is the right word, but that clogged, there you go, that yeah. clogged hair at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, beeswax will definitely do that for mm -hmm. sure. Oh yeah, trap it in there. Yeah. That's do you terrible? Do you, do you have? Do you because it's so long? You keep it long and you wear it even plaited. It's still relatively long. What's the uh? What's the offense? The defense with lint? Do you experience lint? Do you get it? Like yes. <laughs> okay. I got that double sided brush from you. So as a matter of fact, yesterday when um I washed my hair, I typically. I always make sure I brush when I do my moisturizing days and when I do my, when I wash. So yesterday I was going through and yeah, I still find lint. So I, I, I definitely bonnet it up every night. Cause again, I learned that from Jocelyn. <laughs> I wasn't doing that consistently before I would, I would bonnet my you hair would sleep with the hair just out. Sometimes. Yes, it was. Oh my goodness! I've been the rolled over, twisted my neck. <laughs> no. Yeah. So I bonded it up every night. I try my best to, you know, and and that's one of the other reasons why I honestly like to keep it styled is because I yeah. find that that's that attracts less lint when it's loose and it's yeah. out. It's like lint. Mm -hmm. Come to it's me. like coming. Come yes, me. yes, it is. I don't know what it is. You're so right about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'm I'm not alone wearing it down <laughs> and then having lint. I'm just like, what is happening? Yes, and I do. I did the thing after I saw your video with the sneeze, and I I told my husband, I said, yeah, I'm allergic to lint now, just like Jocelyn. Like, oh, oh, oh gosh, what's that? I get it. Something's making me itch. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm truly allergic to lint. Oh my goodness, yeah, lint. Mm. Okay, so. Lint still happens, all right? Yes. Even when your locks are long, even when your locks, you're using holistic products, which it sounds like you've been using the entire journey to help keep your um, hair healthy. Um, no, before you not go, the entire journey. Not the entire journey? No. Oh, yeah, because you did say you were using pink lotion and body yeah. wash. And, and body uh, wash. And shea butter. Terrible and shea butter. But I've been okay. using Crown Elements exclusively since fall of 2021. I appreciate you, Cherie. 
Um, I want to ask you before you go, um, if you could share advice to any women that are, um, that are maybe newly natural or have been natural for years mm-hmm. and they're thinking about starting their locks, but they're afraid of what people may say to them about, you know, the negative connotations of locks. Like what advice would you give to those women? I would say really think about what was your first instinct to wanting them and focus on that. Because in this world, you're going to always have somebody that's going to have some negative opinion about what you do, your choices that you make. And you have to be convicted in yourself that I'm doing this for me. And this is the reason why. What is your why? If you're doing it just because you think it's cute, it's a cool style, then you might not stick with it. But if you have a strong sense of why you're doing it, that it's going to say something strong about you, go for it and make sure you do your research, get a consultation. Don't forget that. That's important. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I would say. That's what I would say to you. Yeah, no, that is great advice. Oh, and the Um, other thing, the other thing real quick, the other thing real quick is definitely join a community like this where you have so much support because that is definitely going to help you through those times that you may feel a rough. I never felt I had an ugly stage. I don't think there's such thing as an ugly stage, but again, we all have our own opinions. So when you have those down feelings, you have a community like this to support you. So those are the two pieces of advice I would give. I love that. Thank you so much, Cherie. Where can people stay connected with you and see more about your journey? Yes, you can stay connected to me. I have two personalities. No, I'm just kidding. I have two profiles, though, because I have a nail business that I'm promoting um, called Naildom with a K, K K-N-A-I-L-D-O-M. And I'm Naildom just about everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat. And I make press-on nails. Like so. Oh, those are beautiful. Thank you. And I do work in a nail salon here in Chicago, but I'm also trying to grow my own business. And so I've nailed them everywhere. And then I, most of the time, my YouTube channel is a combo of both. So that's New York Cowgirl, um, 22306. And in the parentheses, you'll see the word nailed them because I want everybody to know me as nailed them. The realm of creative nail artistry for the natural nail enthusiast. Ooh, I love it. I love it. So you all go find and follow Cherie at Naildom on all social platforms. Yes. Google it on YouTube and it'll pop up. You'll see her page, all of her live journey, all of the nail art that she mm-hmm. creates. Um, she, Cherie is truly inspirational. So I thank you so much for being a part of my community thank you for inviting me of course always supporting always showing love always educating okay like i truly truly appreciate you and i can't wait to have you back to see how long your locks to see how long your locks get in the coming weeks and months because they just keep growing (laughs) (laughs) thanks so much jocelyn it was a pleasure likewise i'll talk to you soon and with that Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Digital Lactician Podcast. As always, make sure you head over to crownelements.com to get all of your hair care needs 
met and you can enter the code DLP as in digital lactation podcast to get a little something from me to you along your journey. Make sure you're drinking your water. Okay. We done said curls about 500 times on this episode. So your bottle should be almost done by now and come back next Thursday at 8 PM for another live episode of the podcast. As always, I am wishing you peace, love, and good vibes. I will talk to you again soon.